Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Monday, February 25th, 2019. Um, we're recording a little bit earlier this week. We usually record on Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. I'm heading to California. Oh, look at you. For a week. I'm getting the frig out of the cold weather and going to where it's, I guess it's still cold there too, so why not? It's supposed can to be say, 50 uh, degrees. Can you say hi to Jimmy Garoppolo while you're over I'll, there? Uh, I'll let him know. Give him a, give him a text. <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot him a text. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I'm flying out tomorrow night. So today is the coaches show. So we will be discussing coach hirings around the NFL and how they will affect players heading into 2019. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe wherever you listen, leave a review and share this friend, uh, share this podcast with your friends because you know, you need to grow the listening audience. Yeah, that's true. With free agency coming up in the next few weeks, what is the best landing spot for Le'Veon Bell? Only considering fantasy. Most people are probably going to say the Colts. I think you're going to say the Colts. I like the Colts. Oh, f- I, no, actually, I wasn't going to say the Colts, but I'll say them now that I know what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, what, what, what do you, who do you think I'm going to say? The Kansas City Chiefs. Nope. Oh, crap. Okay, I'll take my team then. Go ahead. I love them I'll on Kansas City. I let the cat out of the bag. So this is this is fantasy implications, right? Yeah. Actually, I might go Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was I was gonna I was gonna say it's 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 a tough call. You know what's a, what's interesting too? What? It's not out of the realm of possibility that he comes back to Pittsburgh. No, I was thinking about that. But no, I think Kansas City would probably be the best fantasy implication wise yeah. because he's going to score touchdowns. Like uh, if he goes to Kansas City, you know he's going to get like fifteen to twenty touchdowns guaranteed. Oh, and, in Kansas City, yeah. all, all purpose or all purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't disagree with that. I actually, like I said, I picked them as the team. Uh, the Colts mm-hmm. were second on the list. Um, so. I think, you know, the way he plays, the way he plays the game of football is so, I mean, it it just depends. There's reports out there floating around that I don't know if I agree with, but that he, uh, he quote, ballooned to 260. He was 224 <laughs> oh, when he cow. last played. So uh, if the rumors are true, Le'Veon's got a lot of work to do in the offseason. <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure if they are. If he is... In you know, if he's full strength, ready to go to play mm-hmm. week one, then I would definitely not be afraid to take Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but I just I, I think the biggest thing that I need to see is once he signs, I gotta see him at OTAs, I gotta see him in training camp, and I gotta see him in the preseason because oh yeah, I want to know <clears throat> I want to he... know if he's gonna be any good. Was he partying all summer in yeah. Miami? <laughs> all winter too. All winter, all <laughs> yeah. all foot all, uh, all football all, season. Yeah, all football season, all winter, all spring. Yeah. Uh, um, but go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say I want I want your opinion on if he goes to the Jets because that seems to be the most likely. Uh, I scenario. love it, and the reason why is because I uh, give Sam Darnold a weapon. I like that too. S- small weapon. Uh, the other thing that I like about it is that he is going to get because Sam Darnold's young, and you want to get a lot. He would of get carries, a lot of carries. Yeah. He would get a lot of carries. So I don't know if it, a lot of people are like, "Well, if he goes to the Jets, he's gonna suck." Well, why would he suck if he's gonna get five hundred? <laughs> what does he get on average with the, the Steelers? Three hundred and twenty something carries. Like that's insane. I don't even mm-hmm. know. That might be completely wrong, but he gets he gets a he gets lot. A lot he, he gets a lot of carries. Of carries. Yeah. Like he has. A lot of people are like, which is why I think this season off actually may help him a little bit because he has had so much work in Pittsburgh, so much work. And it's like he has gotten the amount of snaps that it takes a running back who, you know, it's it's basically double the time in the NFL that a normal running back would get in, right. that he has gotten in snaps. So a guy who plays 10 years, uh, you know, has gotten the same amount of snaps as Le'Veon's gotten in five or six so it's like he he's definitely he's either going to go to the Jets and get a massive amount of carries or he'll go to or he'll go to Indianapolis 
or uh, Kansas City. Which I don't actually think he's going to go to Indianapolis, though, <clears throat> because I think they like Marlon Mack. They do. And they they might add Le'Veon's a weapon or two. Dynamic, though. He he's is. Different. I'm not saying Marlon Mack is better than Le'Veon Bell. I'm just saying oh, I understand. the Colts yeah. like Marlon Mack. Right. They, I think they might add a receiver, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't see them adding Le'Veon Bell. The yeah. one thing I am scared about with the Jets, too, is their offensive line. Yeah. I mean... I, th- this is where it comes to, like, is it this? A lot of people have this mindset that it's the Steelers that made Le'Veon, that the offensive line made Le'Veon Bell um, in Pittsburgh, and I, I don't know if I buy that. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I, buy I don't that. necessarily buy that, but I do think. I mean, he did benefit from a great offensive line and a great offensive system oh, yeah. in a team. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I don't know if if he's gonna be the same with the Jets. However, like. If he goes to the Jets, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd produce the same. But I think the amount of carries yeah. he would get, like we were saying earlier, would change. Right, would be much better. I think if he went to the Chiefs, it would kind of be a similar situation with the um, the Steelers yeah. and even the Colts too. Right, where there's a lot of talent on both those teams, where he can just fit right in and right. produce. So, um, I'm trying to. Uh, our internet is down. I'm trying yeah. to look up the. Uh, I don't remember anymore, but I was trying to look up. I was trying to get the uh, yards after contact. Uh, They're good. That usually gives you a good indication. They of, are good of the type of player that he is. Um, I think that's the to me that's the biggest thing is like you got guys like Saquon. The reason why Saquon can be successful as a running back is because he can do things that allow him not to have a good offensive line. If that makes sense. So he he can you know very elusive. He's very elusive. He can strong, get around guys. Fast, he, yeah. Strong, fast. I mean, he literally. There was a couple of times this season where he jumped over somebody. <laughs> like he's just that type of player. Extremely talented. Zeke Elliott has the same kind of attributes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Gurley needs that offensive line a little more than I think everyone wants to admit. But Le'Veon Bell has that same tendency where he is like a Zeke Elliott or a Saquon Barkley. He has the talent, and I think James Conner has that same talent too. And so I, 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 hate, where... I hate to go out on a limb and say this, but I think that Le'Veon Bell and James Conner make that offensive line look better than it may actually be. Um, but that's, a, that's, that's a, a little bit of a hot take. That's a hot take. So I'll leave that in the I'll leave that in the stove. I'll leave that in the kitchen. <laughs> we'll leave that. Yeah, we'll leave that in the kitchen for now. <laughs> I'll let you know in a couple months. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll really see. We'll that. see if it's cooked. Uh, I know they have that uh, friggin' elite center, Marcus Pouncey. Yeah. Um, so they do have a good offensive line. I'm not taking anything away from Pittsburgh. That's why the Pittsburgh Steelers have been good for as long as they have. Um, but at the same time, I think Le'Veon's a transitional talent. You might be right. It may He may take a step back. But there's no proof to tell me that Le'Veon Bell is going to take a step back. If Le'Veon Bell plays the Le'Veon Bell way and he shows up to camp and he's 230 pounds and he's strong and he looks elite and he's, he's good, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell will be Le'Veon Bell. What if he's 260 pounds while holding a slice of pizza? I'm not drafting him in the eighth round. <laughs> while holding a slice of pizza. Yeah, he's sitting on the sidelines. He's like, 225 mil dog. He's like, I remember when I was 230 pounds as he's eating this pepperoni yeah. slice. Straight <laughs> so out of a you, New York you bar. You kids are blessed. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the big segment. What you came here for. Uh, it, it sounds like a boring show. Uh, it sounds like a really boring episode because you're just sitting here talking about coaches. Uh, but let's do it. The Coaches Show. So on this episode of the Fantasy Champions Podcast, we will be discussing head coaching changes made over the last few months. So firings, hirings, and how that relates to fantasy football. Uh, we want to take a look at the offensive style of each coach. And, uh, and and how that can translate to scouting players for 2019. Uh, understanding how a coach might run his system will help you figure out what type of workload a player might receive or not receive. For example, last year, I drafted Jordan Howard. Mm. And I've talked about this many times. You're probably like, why is he repeating himself? But I like to remind myself of my mistakes. We want to use our mistakes as fantasy players to help you win your league. So I constantly tell you my mistakes. Like you're... <laughs> First five rounds of your draft. Correct. Big um, mistake. <laughs> so for Jordan Howard, I drafted him in the third round last year, and uh, I didn't do – I fell in love with Jordan Howard's fantasy numbers from the previous year, 
and I didn't do any scouting on Matt Nagy. Now, had I done some scouting on Matt Nagy as a coach, I would have found out that he loves to split. He loves to have a passing running back, and he loves to have a bruising running back, similar to the style in uh, New Orleans or uh, uh, I, I don't want to say Denver, but mm-hmm. whatever. So similar to those styles, he wants to have that guy who can bruise like Jordan Howard, and he wants that guy who can catch and be elusive like um, Phil, uh, Tariq Cohen. So that is just an example of how you can use your head coach scouting to figure out what a guy's going to do. Now, how I had I used that and I had I scouted that head coach, Matt Nagy, and figured that out early, I would have known, okay, maybe I should draft Christian McCaffrey at my pick and It's not, not like Jordan Howard. When we're talking about coaches here, we're not going through every single head coach, and you don't have to go through every single coach to realize which player is which. Yeah. But it's just good to keep in mind, mm-hmm. oh, they hired a new coach – and he likes to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't take this quarterback. Yeah. You know, it's just little things that yeah. could really help in the long run. Because when there's a major change, when there's a major change in a system, it's definitely going to affect how a player is used. Like the Dolphins just signed a new head coach, uh, Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. I'm a Patriots fan. I almost forgot his name, Brian Flores. <laughs> it's okay. I um, forget it all the time. Yeah. Uh and it's a question of, you know, how is his how is his new team going to treat a guy like Kenyon Drake, where we know Adam Gase, and we'll talk about this later, how Adam Gase completely flopped Just on, on Kenyon Drake. And later in the season, he was like, oh, crap, I've got to actually give this guy the ball. Well, it's the same, same, same thing in Tennessee, yeah. right? They waited all season to give the ball to Derrick Henry. And they waited. They tried to get him involved, and, he, and it wasn't working until later in the season when it finally worked. And then they gave it to him the rest of the season, and he was a beast. And so it's like it's it's figuring out what the coaching style does and, and moving forward. So that's what we'll be talking about today. Let's move on uh, to the first coach and jump right in. Uh, Adam Gase was signed as the New York Jets head coach. Um, the previous head coach was Todd Bowles, I believe. Mm-hmm. Todd um, Bowles for two seasons, right? Two seasons? Yes, two seasons. Uh, Adam Gase was the offensive head. He's an offensive head coach. And he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins last year, um, which is crazy. His record previously, 23-25, and 25 which with the Miami Dolphins. The worst thing in the which world. isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, this is the first time in since like since Bill Parcells coached the Jets. Yeah, that's right. Bill Parcells. Coach the Jets this is the first time since him that the Jets have hired a head coach with head coaching experience. <sighs> wow, been a long time. That it's is been even longer. Considering how many coaches they've had, yes, for the last I know, decade or it's so. It's been even longer since they last hired their off a offensive minded head coach. I was looking at that earlier, and I'm like, they only hire defensive minded head coaches. Maybe it's time for a change, especially Darnold. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal with this signing. And I looked into some of this. The goal with this signing of Adam Gase for the Jets was they want to bring in a guy that has a similar system and style of play that Sam Darnold likes, as well as uh, having a guy who's going to stay consistent. Like you have an offensive coach, you have a young quarterback. Those two guys can work together. He's the play call. You know, Adam Gase is the play caller. They're working yeah. together on the offense. If you lose your offensive coordinator, Sam Darnold's not in the dark trying to rebuild a new offense. He says, "Okay, Adam Gase's offense is the one I'm, I'm running with. We get a new offensive coordinator. I can just learn the guy." You know what I mean? That type of thing. So they wanted to make sure that Sam Darnold had the foundation that he needed to move forward, even if Gase gets fired in three years. If it develops Sam Darnold, who gives a crap? Um, so overall, Adam Gase, not an exciting signing. It's not, but so when, when he got, first got signed, my initial thought was that's kind of odd. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, what? Like he's coming from Miami. Odder than like, his press conference? No. Well, that was, um, <laughs> that's a, that's a show for itself right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but when I looked into it a little more, I actually do like this move, um, simply for the fact that he does, like you said, scheme well at Sam Darnold. Yep. Um, and if you look at his past with Miami, he had Brock Osweiler for almost half those games. <laughs> he almost took that Dolphins team to the playoffs yeah. with Brock Osweiler as the quarterback, almost as much as Ryan Tannehill. Wow. When he had Ryan Tannehill out there, they looked like they were a wildcard team a lot of the time. Yeah. They were a solid team. Tannehill played a lot better under Gase. The offense played on better under Gase. The only thing offensively that I didn't like with him was that we kind of touched about this, too, yeah. the Canyon Drake stuff. Right. 
Um, I think in New York, if they if they get like Le'Veon Bell, I don't think you'd have to worry about that fantasy wise because yeah. he's like clearly the running back. You're paying a lot of money for him. Yeah. Um. It. However, if they don't add they a running back that. and they get who's who's the running back? Elijah McGuire? McGuire and Isaiah Crowell. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't, Powell is a free agent, so I don't know if he'll be. Coming I wouldn't. Back I wouldn't. Uh, I know a lot of people are high on McGuire, but if they run with McGuire and um, what was it, Crowell, right? Yeah. So if they run with those two, um. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be so. He's gonna uh, go with the vet. He would. Yeah. yeah. I'd be careful with McGuire if that's the case. Yeah. But I do like it for Darnold's point of view. So for me, he obviously loves to throw the football as a coach. Uh, there was a couple of seasons there where Tannehill, Tan My Hill, had four thousand plus yards. Um. So he's not. I, I actually don't mind Ryan Tannehill, not for fantasy purpose for real life, but uh, yeah. he just needs to stay on the field. <laughs> He's like he's like the Andy Dalton of the AFC. Um, He was on pace to have one of his best seasons before he got hurt this year. The clown, right? Can't stay on the field. He gets hurt every year. Um, He was a quarterbacks coach and a wide receivers coach in his lifetime, so obviously he loves to throw the football. Um, He did coach Peyton Manning. He was the quarterback coach for Peyton Manning the year he threw fifty-five touchdowns. That's Um, a good. That's that's a good note. Now it's a good note, but don't take this the wrong way and make you know and think that Peyton Manning. That the Adam Gase was the reason why Peyton Manning threw 55 <laughs> Right, which is – that's like saying Josh McDaniels is the reason Tom <laughs> yeah, Brady is. Yeah, it's, like, no. it's not. But it helps as a coach. Uh, his it problem does. is is he, he – outside of Tannehill, who is kind of his pet project, he didn't ever have uh, – develop – he didn't ever develop a young quarterback before. So this is a new experience for him, I guess. Um, the only concern for me with this guy is is the running back position, like you said. Um, all those Elijah Maguire truthers out there. They should sit down for this. Yeah, Adam Clay, Adam Gase loves the veteran running back, uh, and again, con- against convention- conventional wisdom, he forced Frank Gore the ball way too much last season. He gave him 156 carries, uh, and then he gave Kenyon Drake 120. He likes to split snaps. It's not a good sign for running backs. If you really do like Elijah McGuire, I would be shocked, shocked next year. If Elijah Maguire finished anywhere out inside the top twenty-five, like he's yeah, he's not going to be a good running back next year. Um, I just it scares me what Adam Gase does to running backs. There's it definitely nothing... it definitely scares me too, and it's something you have to keep in mind. Yeah, if don't go out and draft. I mean, I don't see anyone drafting guys like Elijah Maguire or Isaiah Crowell. But when you get late in drafts, people start thinking. You'll well, definitely. I mean, I know for a fact people are going to want Maguire. He's he oh a... yeah. Hot young running back. I mean, I like McGuire. I do too. But under Adam Gase? (laughs) No, No. not today. Um, The only player that should see improvement from the Gase signing is Sam Darnold. I think we can agree on that. He won't break out next season. uh, And he won't break out. I told you this before the show. He's not going to break out until they put talent around him. It's as simple as that. Until they get a a good wide receiver. um, He's only going to show small incremental improvements. Inconsistency under Gase, but until they put talent around him, he's just not going to have that breakout. Um, as far as the wide receiver position, there's some guys that people do like. Uh, their top two wide receivers, Robbie Anderson and, and Jermaine Curtis, both free agents uh, this offseason, leaving Quincy Inunua Yikes. as their number one receiver. Yikes. Um, I'm assuming that they are going to bring, assuming they bring back Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curtis, I still don't like their wide receivers. No, they still need to add, like, <laughs> Like I think they'll bring back Jermaine. I think they'll back bring back Robbie Anderson and let Curtis go. I mean, it depends on the development of Anderson and Nunwa and Anunwa. But I I'm not going out and drafting Robbie. Like if you're in the 15th round and you already have your kicker in defense, there's probably still guys better than Robbie Anderson for your team. <laughs> Leave him on the waiver wire, boys. Don't don't bother. Um, I I don't hate their wide receiver core, but it's just not. I might take a flyer on Robbie Anderson. On Robbie Anderson? With, with Sam Darnold and the Adam Gase about, offense with throwing about, the ball. I what about I... Chris Herndon? Oh, yeah. No, never mind. First round pick. <laughs> Tight end from the – oh, God. Yeah, no, I'm all set with that. Uh, a lot of these, what I noticed when, we were, when I was scouting some of these co- coaches is that uh, none of them like to throw the football to tight ends anymore, which explains yeah. a lot. Which is why we fantasy wise. Four, I mean, tight ends have never four been good. good. Tight ends. Yeah, there's like I looked at the top five tight ends. Honest to God, there is like a major point drop up drop off last year. The fifth best tight end had 125 fantasy points. You know what the sixth best tight end had? 
187. <laughs> it's like after it's, that, it's done. Well, it, I mean, it's kind of always been like yeah. there's always like one or two really good tight ends, and one or two or three, usually a couple, and then cool. it drops off. But usually, but, you can find something. Right. This you, year was just it was like you know, you either I'm, have Ertz, maybe I'm crazy, Kelsey, uh, George Kittle. And that's yeah. like about it. <laughs> Eric Ebron. <laughs> Uh, Freddie Kitchens was signed by the Cleveland Browns as mm. their head coach, promoted internally. Uh, the previous head coach was Hugh Jackson for <laughs> half the year. Yeah, I didn't even want to bring up Hugh yeah. Jackson. Greg Williams took over as interim head coach, defensive coordinator. He's still the defensive coordinator there. Um, the offensive, He's an offensive-minded head coach, obviously. Uh, his previous job, interim offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, once again, hired internally. Um just a couple of notes on Freddie Kitchens. He took over when Todd Haley was fired, which was a shock because they thought Todd Haley was going to take over as the offensive, as the head coach when they fired right. um, Hugh Jackson. So it was an absolute shock. They completely changed yeah, everything. It was the complete, it was a change at 180. Baker Mayfield didn't look that great under Todd Haley. He, he had eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and only like a thousand yards. In the yeah, five games he played. Kind of like every other rookie. Yeah, which honestly. is like every other rookie. Uh, this hiring was fantastic news for Baker, and I'll tell you why. Freddie Kitchens took over for Todd Haley after, I believe it was week seven, uh, and he threw for 220, uh, 2,254 yards, 19 touchdowns, and eight interceptions with mm. a completion percentage of 68. He finished as the ninth-best QB in fantasy. Um, over the last eight games of the season. If you prorate the first half of the season with his statistics, he has over 4,000 yards and I think is around 38 or 39 touchdowns, which puts him at fourth or fifth among quarterbacks. Sleeper alert. Sleeper yeah. alert. That's I like. I love Baker Mayfield. Uh, you can see, Me and you both. You can see Mayfield taking a huge step under Kitchens next year. Um, Baker loves Kitchens, which is a plus. Not only... Um, did Baker take a big step? Yeah. And this also helped because they made a trade as well. But Nick Chubb took a giant step too. The whole offense was much better much under Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie, Freddie Kitchens. Um, now, maybe it's a little bit of an element of surprise and like yeah. teams weren't really caring. Like we're playing the Cleveland Browns. And they have a whole <laughs> offseason to prepare yeah. for a new offense. But going off what we've seen, yeah, huge improvements from the offense. And if you're a fantasy owner, look for Cleveland this year. Yeah. They have a lot of guys, not only Nick Chubb, but David Njoku, I think, could be a sleeper too. You have Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry in PPR leagues is excellent. There are many options on the Cleveland Browns that you should keep your eye on. And with the hiring of Freddie Kitchens, only elevates that. Yeah. I don't know if I like Jarvis Landry as the number one wide receiver in Cleveland. He's good. I like Jarvis Landry. But he's the only player that didn't improve under Freddie Kitchens. Um, he was the exact same type of player. Uh, so to me, I, I think they do need to bring in a uh, – you, you can't just bring in a guy like this, but maybe draft a big time – a guy who's going to be a Tyreek Hill type player See, I don't in like know two if they need years. like I think they need another receiver, but I don't know yeah. if they necessarily need another like – Number one wide receiver. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I like mean, maybe just another weapon to if, have would if, be nice. But if Antonio Brown was a free agent and not. Oh yeah, yeah, he'd probably take a look at Cleveland. I would. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, overall, Freddie's Kitchens, uh, his offense is something I want to get a piece of in 2019. <laughs> uh, and some notes on Nick Chubb too. Um, he pro he prorated out at 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, which is a five or a six finish among running backs in standard leagues. So that was actually pretty good. And he's still young and he can show improvement. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of, in terms of what this offense has, they have all the potential in the Very, world. Yeah, exactly. This is Freddie Kitchen's job to lose. Like, this is what you want. Let Greg Williams run the defense. It's a good defense. You run the offense, focus on that. And if you, if this, this happens next year, they're a 10 win team, 11 win team. Like, yeah, they're a wild card team. Yeah, I mean, I mean they might even might, be better yeah, than that. Yeah, push, pushing an AFC North title. That division is, which is not great at this point. Who would have thought anyone would say that in the last <laughs> yeah, with, with Pittsburgh. two decades that the Cleveland <laughs> Browns it's true. would be an AFC North division um, so, front runner, but Yeah, well, you did mention David Njoku. There's also Antonio. Uh, I believe it's Antonio. Maybe it's Antoine Callaway. 
I think it's the Tony. Um, Antonio Callaway. Yeah, something like that. But uh, Callaway, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Callaway is uh, maybe the second best wide receiver on the Browns. Um, I don't see him like if you're in a dynasty league and you're looking for that, you know, second or third wide receiver that might break out like a Tyler Boyd type player. uh, I would I would take a look at Callaway just because Baker Mayfield is going to show improvement next year. And if, if, if Callaway gets some targets, he might actually be a guy to go snag. But if I'm in a redraft league and in my personal redraft league, I'm not drafting in the Callaway. I'm, I might bring him in midway yeah. through the I season because I he think starts improving, but like we both mentioned, they're probably going to add another receiver. Yeah. So I think that would bump yeah. down Callaway too. Definitely. Um, Vic Fangio, mm. Denver Broncos. They signed a defensive-minded head coach. The previous coach was Coach Vance Joseph. Ugh. Denver, Having the time of his life. Yeah, Denver, I don't understand. I should I should have had that uh, clip queued up. That would have been fantastic <laughs> for this one. Uh, but previous job, defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> Which is a uh, pretty stiff defense. Matt Nagy's an offensive-minded coach as well. Yep, so he controlled that defense. He controlled that defense. Um, because he's a defensive-minded head coach, um, there's not a lot that he can put into the offense, I guess. Uh, I mean, there's stuff that he can obviously add, but at this point, he's so young. This is his first head coaching gig. He doesn't really do a lot with the offense, so I look to uh, their offensive coordinator. Um, he's a brand-new offensive coordinator. This is not the first time he's you know made play calls, but his name is Rick Scangarello. Scangarello. Um, he was a quarterback coach for the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan mm. uh, that was last year, and he helped the patchwork group of Jimmy Garoppolo, C.J. Bethard, uh, Brian Hoyer, and Nick Mullins to rank 10 in passing over the previous two seasons. So not a bad look no. if you're uh, Denver. The other thing that he likes to do is he likes to throw the ball downfield, uh, yeah, I was just which say. Joe Flacco loves to do. Mm. Um, the outlook for quarterback uh, is good for the Broncos, but Joe Flacco is not really an enticing fantasy option for me. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> if anyone's, no. out, anyone's out there like, I'm going to get a sleeper <laughs> in the 13th around those Broncos fans <laughs> playing fantasy. Joe I need Flacco. to get myself some Joe Flacco. You know, I listened to the Fantasy Champions podcast. They told us to take quarterback late. So I'm going to take Joe Flacco <laughs> yeah. in 14th round as my yeah. starting quarterback. It's true. Uh, I don't see much improvement in in uh, Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco is going to be Joe Flacco. Yep. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, uh, um, just don't rely on him. Right. Uh, the question for me is how does Lindsay and how does it affect Lindsay and Freeman? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, he's more of a quarterback coach, though. Yeah. Like we we've seen all of his um, previous past has been working well at quarterbacks, so it's going to be interesting to see how he uses both running backs. Yeah. I think it's going to be similar to what they did last year, though. Yeah, where they just kind of lean towards Lindsey Freeman's going to be there. I don't know if you have a different thought on this because it so, seems like you're. To me, up. when I went, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Is yeah, that what you said. Uh, to me, when I looked at some of the stuff the 49ers did last year, um, they were going to go heavy with McKinnon. Right. Uh, I don't see the appeal in McKinnon anyway. We'll talk about that a different time. That's different time, um, different show. So, but anyway. They were going to go heavy with McKinnon, and then McKinnon got hurt, and Brita came in, and they went heavy with Brita. So right. it would it would signal to me that they're going to take one of these running backs and go Which with I it. I think is that's why I said it. I think it'll be similar to last year. Where I think it's going to be Lindsey, but I know you we, just don't know. I you don't I, at this point for me. I would say Lindsey, yes, but don't be shocked if he walk in and it's like last year with Jordan Howard mm. and uh, Freeman takes Are over. You saying the, job. the pause on Philip Lindsey. I'm saying to take a flyer and uh, wait. <laughs> okay. See what happens. The, the preseason, I'm finding, is more and more important for you to watch as a fantasy owner to see when those starters come in, that first or second drive, go out and pay for NFL Game Pass. No, this is not an advertisement. But watch the first couple drives in the preseason and just be like, okay, this is what they want to do with them. Because you'll get an idea of what they want to do on those first couple drives with the starters in. Nothing else will tell you anything. You're not going to learn anything else from the rest of the game. But those first couple drives, especially in game three of the preseason, you're going to see the starters in the game. You're going to see them try to run their full offense and see how you know, like, you'll get an idea of what they're mm-hmm. going to do. Um, and so I think you'll see at that point whether Lindsey's going to be the guy or not. 
They could run a split back system. I don't know. I, there's just not enough information on there this. Isn't. Rick Scandor, Scan, Scandor. He's very young, too. Yeah, he's on the younger side. So, uh, I mean, you'll see a lot of Lindsey's pass-catching ability. Royce Freeman really doesn't have all that much in that area. Uh, what the 49ers did last year was very effective on the ground. If that translates, you could see improvement for for Lindsey, but watch for a split-back system, like we said. Um, from Shanahan... We've, you know, uh, from what we've seen in a Shanahan offense, they like to throw, uh, they like to throw the football. That's good news for guys like Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, and Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, in case you don't know who Deshaun Hamilton is, go, uh, go check him out. He was good, like for the last three games of the season. <laughs> sure. Um, Joe Flacco is also known for his ability to throw the deep ball. So for Cortland Sutton, that's a really good sign. It is second year wide receivers, but that's usually the year to break out. It's still boomer bust. Yep, it could be. I I definitely believe that. I think Sanders. Like, and I'm I, I'm not just saying it as a whole, but yeah. like week to week, which isn't something that you could rely on. Like he could have end of the season decent numbers. Yeah, but be an inconsistent player because he'll have a similar game to with, Hill. I don't think he's not to be, that not to that scale, yeah. but yes, 30, thirty to one. Like he'll have a few games where he'll get a yeah. touchdown or two and like right. over a hundred yards. And then he'll have a game where he gets like three catches for mm-hmm. forty yards. Yeah, um, I do like it. I, I, you know, who was the who was the the fantasy wide receiver that kind of broke out one season with Joe Flacco as his quarterback? Don't remember his name. Uh, it's like three years ago. Was it Mike? No, no. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the Ravens have had so many yeah. like vertical threat receivers. <laughs> it was one guy that just Torrey went Smith. Off. Uh, yeah, Torrey Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the Broncos offense right now as a whole. He's got a lot of work to do. Um, I do if Sanya, so this is the big thing is that he does, he does run a West coast style offense. So for me, looking at Emmanuel Sanders and Deshaun Hamilton, they're both going to play the slot. If Emmanuel Sanders stays, it looks like he's staying. So I would look for Emmanuel Sanders who had a great first half of the season this year to do something similar, but but if he becomes bless you, thank you. Um, if he becomes a, a a guy, I would definitely take a flyer on Deshaun Hamilton and take a look at him because if he's in the slot and they're throwing it as much as I expect them to, then Hamilton will definitely get a lot of looks. So um, I just it just depends on if Sanders stays. If Sanders stays, Hamilton's going to be nothing. completely useless. Yeah, completely useless. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway though is. You can't really tell with the running backs. This is the hardest one, I think. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any – the offense coordinator, Rich, yeah. whatever his Rick last name is. Scangrello. 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 I don't know. That's how has, they said um, to say it on He's CBS. the quarterback's coach for the 49ers, so yep. you can't really get too much information on how he's going to make the play calls and stuff. But could be a potential plus for Joe Flacco, considering the offense he likes to run. Um, this was one of my favorite signings of the entire offseason. Who is it? Bruce Arians. Wow. So everyone else in the league was hiring, besides the Denver Broncos, was hiring uh, these young Sean McVay-like right. head coaches. Every, every single every one of them. Every single one like of them. Around the age of like yeah. 40. And it's like, and then, the, and then you know, I think it's so funny. This is what, this is what, the, uh, this is what the Arizona Cardinals I mean, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were like, last year we signed Dirk Cutter. He was the young guy. No no experience. Frick that. We're going Bruce Arians. <laughs> we tried that already. Yeah, we tried that L. already. Uh, so Bruce Arians, offensive-minded head coach. We've seen this guy. He led uh, he led the Arizona Cardinals to three se- three winning seasons, 13-3, and 10-6, and six, and I think it was 9-7, and seven, one, one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So he had a decent stay in Arizona. I think it just after they lost. Carson Palmer? Uh, was it Carson Palmer? No. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Sam Bradford? No, no. It's uh what's his name? This was back when they were in Super Bowls. Oh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, Kurt Warner, sorry. I thought um, you meant like recently. Yeah. So his previous coach was obviously head coach in Arizona in two thousand seventeen, like we just said. Uh I love this move for the Bucks. I don't know. Maybe is it just me? <laughs> so <laughs> I think it it's it's a it's an interesting move because I think it he's a good coach, don't get me wrong. And I, I don't know. It's just it's the Bucks, Bruce Arians. I I thought if he was going to come back to coaching, first of all, yeah, I thought he was going to go to a team like that you figured Green would Green Bay, Cleveland, New York, not like the Arizona, Car- the worst team in the league last year. <laughs> like it's just odd to me. Yeah. Um. 
I do think I actually do. Or sorry, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know why I said Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, because I was his old team. Um, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, still a team that's like they stink. Last year they were not good. I mean, they had that little Fitz Magic run, but for the after after that Fitz Magic run, they weren't good. There was so much inconsistencies. It felt like middle of the season when they put Winston back in, they pulled Winston so fast because the coach was trying to save his job. It was like, okay, Fitzpatrick has won a couple of games. Let's throw him back in there. Yeah. And then they started losing with him, so it was like, let's just roll with Winston. Is Winston, But like to me, is Bruce Arians the guy to save James Winston? I'm going to say yes. See, I don't know. Winston's, it's more, it's more, it's more Jameis Winston, me disliking him. You said him, it. Then. Winston's extremely talented. You just got to get does, the kid to he play. He does have talent, yes. You got to get the kid to be able to not turn the ball over and that you know how be more consistent. You know how hard that is, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's very hard. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. Um, so when I was scouting Bruce Arians, the reason why I love this coach signing is a because uh, they're bucking the freaking young coach trend, which is completely moronic. You're wasting so much of your time and energy <laughs> in, in these. Well, you don't now, like. I like the young coaches. Don't, but like, look how many of the young coaches have worked out. Sean McVay. I mean, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. He's had like three losing seasons. I yeah. mean, he hasn't had much luck. His luck has not been on his side. Yeah, right, but. but like, I, I mean, this is the year for Shanahan. Not the show Hopefully. to talk about it, but it's the year for Shanahan. If he screws up this one, he's getting fired. <laughs> um, but Arians loves to throw the football in his offenses. Um, he already said he he's planning to keep and start Jameis Winston. So mm-hmm. we got a clear starter. Fitzpatrick's gone. He's not even coming back to Buccaneers. It's over. You know that like Fitzmagic is gone. Some stupid team will sign him. It's guaranteed. The, Maybe the Bills. You know, no, dude, the Redskins. <laughs> yes, do it now. If I'm the Redskins, Fitzmagic do it now. To the Redskins. Uh, Winston, after he took over in week six, so I found this interesting. After he took over in week six, with the exception of that fluky situation where they started in the beginning of the year, three and Fitz one, Magic, right? yeah, something like that. After week six, Jameis Winston finished as a QB seven in fantasy points, hmm. um, seventh best among quarterbacks, which is kind of crazy. Uh, if Arians can work through the Winston mistakes and minimize them, I think it could be a big year of improvement for Jameis Winston. The year that people have been waiting for him, the step he, that people have been waiting for him to make. Um, he's not pretty. He's not exciting. No. But Winston is great for fantasy. <laughs> you know, it's, it is true. He's one of those quarterbacks that you watch him in person. Yep. And you're like, wow, he's not good. <laughs> or like, he does a lot of Mitch dumb Trubisky. things. He'll do it. But fantasy wise, he does oh, get yeah. points. Yeah, 100%. because he will throw touchdowns. He will run touchdowns. Yeah. And he will get, he will run for a lot of yards. He'll throw for a lot of yards. He 100%. just does dumb things on the field. Yeah, he does. Like throw and, a lot and of interceptions off the field. and off <laughs> the field. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, not pretty for off you know for real football, but fantasy wise, he's good. In offense run by Arians, you'll see him you know throw a lot more passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this hiring for Winston. Um, you're gonna get more targets. For Mike Evans, which is huge. Uh, you feel like Mike Evans. There's two guys that I felt like coming into this year until I had to sit down and actually look it up to make myself feel better. Mike Evans and David Johnson have felt to me like they are like 60 years old. You know what? I Mike Evans is young. Mike Evans is extremely young. And so I love this hiring for Mike Evans. I, I do too. I it. do like it from, from fantasy perspective-wise. Um, I like it the most with Mike Evans because yeah. you're right. Bruce Arians does like to throw the ball. And even though I still think Winston is a clown, <laughs> he's going to throw the ball to Mike Evans a lot. Oh, yeah. And a he, lot. you know who else he loves when he's on the field? Who? O.J. Howard. Mm. Loves O.J. Howard. He hates throwing it to Cameron Brait. <laughs> Fitzpatrick's the other way around. <laughs> he likes to throw it to Cameron Brait and not O.J. Howard. So uh, if you're looking for a, a tight end sleeper, i definitely take a look at O.J. Howard. Um, Evans is great for fantasy. He's still young. In a Bruce Arians offense, Arizona had Larry Fitzgerald, and he had mm. some of the best fantasy years uh, with Bruce Arians as his head coach. Um, you should see some same production from Mike Evans, I would I would assume. I mean, they didn't have quarterbacks when Bruce Arians was in Arizona either. So um, with the value you're getting from Evans in the second or maybe even the third round if he slips – 
um, you you end up getting maybe a top five wide receiver in those rounds. Like that's a high that's a, that's a high value of him. But like he's young, talented. Top seven, I'd say I mocked people reasonable. for taking Mike Evans last year. Mike Evans was very good. So top seven definitely. Top seven definitely. But he if he finishes in the top five and you get him in the you know possibly the third round, my word, you just well, yeah, it's lucked a, out. Value. <laughs> um, Winston also loves to throw the football to OJ Howard, so you could see an uptick in his numbers. Um, but overall, I'm not really uh, tight ends. Like I said, don't excite me at all. Fair enough. I actually like Ronald Jones potentially instead yeah, of Peyton Barber. Um, I think Peyton Barber was just kind of a flop. I don't. Well, he he was a flop, but he blew. Just say it. <laughs> he he averaged three point seven yards a game. But I think you you take Ronald Jones. I mean, three point seven yards a carry. Let me pref- I, I refix that. He was the thirty sixth overall pick. So that's essentially a late Ronald first Jones round pick. Ronald Jones or Pate Barber? Oh, oh. Ronald Jones. Yeah. You They didn't use him at all last year. Now, granted, when they did use him, he like he absolutely blew. hurt for some but games. If, and... Right, he was hurt, and um, yeah. when they did use him, he stung. But if they take – it's one of those things where management's going to be like, we took a chance on this guy. We took him Second very high. Second round pick, yeah. We're, we want him to u- We want to use him. He had 23 carries last year. Mm-hmm. The entire season. Ugh. Yes, he was hurt. But he wasn't hurt the entire year. There was there he was played. there was a stretch of like seven games where he didn't even get a snap. Correct. Yeah, Bruce Arians I think will use Ronald Jones a lot more. Maybe like a split backfield. So I wouldn't like fantasy wise. Peyton Barber's free agent. Oh, is he? Yes. I think they'll probably bring him back. Yes. So this is one of my notes on on Arians is that he loves workhorse backs. He that drafted is true. and built David Johnson. That is true. So if that's, you if well, you that's wanna... where I was getting to it. Um, yeah. Ronald Jones, not Peyton Barber, but Ronald Jones. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go out of my <laughs> way to get him. Yeah, but like, but just keep your eye guys, on. Him. I got, keep your eye on. Don't him. email us and say, guys, I got. Uh, <laughs> I got Ronald. Jones I got Ronald in the Jones round. in the sixth round. <laughs> and then he goes off, and you're like, okay, we feel like idiots now. Yeah. But no, just keep your eye on him, though. Keep your eye on him. I think he's a big sleeper late in the draft. Big sleeper. Um. I, 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 when I saw the fact that he did draft and develop David Johnson, I was like, holy crap, this guy. Yeah, no, that is, yeah. that's a big key. The thing with Ronald Jones, though, is I know I just said he only had 23 carries, but man, did he suck in those. Games. Oh, yeah. He holy was bad. Like, he was like 2.1 yards. But if a carry. he can show improvement and he can show the Bucks' offense, yeah. and more importantly, Bruce Arians, that he has improved as a player, watch out. Yeah, big Keep time. Your eye on him. Uh, I love Ronald Jones. I was trying to figure out. I was looking at it, going, "Okay, Arians likes hor- workhorse backs, right?" He's only twenty-one years old. Like he was drafted pretty young. <sighs> Peyton Barber is undrafted. He's twenty-three, I believe, but he just he wasn't good. He got most of the snaps. He's a free agent, so that's what I was looking for. Is like we have to figure out. Okay, when you're looking at this, Arians is the new head coach. He likes workhorse backs. Who is he going to go with? They're obviously going to let Peyton Barber go. I, that uh, would be that would be a wise decision. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna bring them both back. That'd be stupid. Well, I mean, I guess he wants to try to figure it out. Well, but he's he, never been he's never been a coach to go with two running backs. It's never been his style. Yeah. So it's just I would see. This is why I really like Ronald Jones because if he's getting the carries and he's getting the the snaps in the produce. production, he will produce at some point. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals, We've got to pick it up, pick up the pace here. Um, the previous head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Wilkes, uh, he had one season, one flipping season. That's all that they gave one him. season was very bad. Yeah, very bad season. Very bad. Offensive. He was an offensive-minded head coach. Um, his previous job was a head coach at Texas Tech and offensive coordinator for USC for a few weeks before he decided <laughs> to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Frick me! Now I see this signing and I'm like, Arizona, I'm sorry. I'm a Patriots fan. I've seen Bill Belichick for 18 years, whatever. Yeah. We've won so many Super Bowls. We've been great all this time. We've had a head coach. You guys are just trying to win two games. That's <laughs> <You know> <laughs> funny. And they signed Kingsbury. You're so screwed. They oh, have talent. No. The Cardinals actually have talent. Yeah. It's not like they're one of these teams that, like, tan- like you know they're like they're just a bad team. Yeah. Like, they have no talent. Right. The Raiders were kind of turned into that at the end of the year. Right. The Cardinals have defensive players that are solid. Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, those guys are still on the team. Mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald's old, but he's still good. David Johnson's still good. Like, they have players. Yeah. They just absolutely sucked. Yeah. And their offensive line was bad. You know what? 
with with this signing or with this hiring, yeah, I don't mind it for Josh Rosen and David Johnson and fantasy perspective. Fantasy I, I really don't. Yeah. As a Cardinals fan, like you were saying, <laughs> I think they're going to suck again. Just screwed. And their defense is going to be awful. Yeah. Who is their defensive coordinator? No you know? idea. Because I think that that could be a key for how the team's going to succeed. But for fantasy implications, I actually yeah. honestly don't mind this. They said that that's the, been the problem with Kingsbury is that he has not had good defenses, and that's what leads to his losing. I think he was like thirty-five and forty in college, and, <laughs> and then uh, he gets a head coaching yeah. job in the NFL. It's a questionable option for Arizona, but yeah. As far as this fantasy is, football, mm. he's insanely good for us as fantasy players. Great. It's awesome. Uh, one thing he does is build these insane offenses that score a lot of points and have a lot of production. It's true. On his college offenses, it was it was crazy. Um, he runs a pass-heavy spread offense scheme, um, and all of the traits he likes in a quarterback – come through Josh Rosen, which is why he's not he's not going to trade Rosen in draft. He wants to develop Rosen. He wants to develop guy. Rosen into they, his own guy. The Cardinals are trying to build McVay and Goff right now. Yep. Yeah, big time. Not like and I, I, mean, I actually see I see a lot of Goff and Rosen. I do too, actually, I, yeah. yeah. I, I do. Goff, I mean, people forget Goff was absolutely Jared Putrid. Garf. Yeah, Jared Barf. Jared Barf. <laughs> Jared whatever you want to call him Yeah. in his first season. Josh Rosen was obviously... Josh yeah. trash can Rosen in his first season too, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, Jared Goff took the next step. It's true. Um, I don't expect Rosen to take a step up and be a big time quarterback next year like I do Baker Mayfield or somebody else. Um, he can show some signs of improvement, but he won't be a great fantasy option. He might have a couple of games where you're like, "Oh, I wish I picked him up off the waiver wire and started." I him. think he's going to be kind of what Mayfield was this past year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, he was just not good this year. Uh, guys like Christian Kirk should see a massive increase in targets. Mm-hmm. Um, if if so, it may be time to snag him in uh, your dynasty leagues and in redraft leagues when you do draft. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald won't see much production. Old, no legs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bye. People are going to draft him in, like, the ninth round. <laughs> you idiots. Yeah. Uh, Kingsbury hates to get tight ends involved in his offense. Um, I won't be taking any tight ends from the Cardinals. They did sign Charles Clay this week. Um, I think at, they'll use him a little bit, but not yeah. not enough to... You want to hear this? This is not even a joke. I wrote this down. It's not even a joke. Okay. At Texas Tech, he threw more balls to the offensive line than he did to the tight ends. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. I don't expect Now, is that because they didn't have any tight ends? It may be because they didn't have any tight ends, but, but I, also, I also was reading that he absolutely loves to run basically six offensive linemen. Not stupid. That's not. That, I mean, <laughs> it's it's, it's a new way of thinking because you have yeah. six offensive linemen just run. Yeah, it's true. A bunch of like your pass protection will be. But he good. doesn't throw it to tight ends. It's absolutely insane. Like six offensive linemen in a pass formation. Mm-hmm. It's true. That is interesting. Uh, so let's talk about David Johnson a little bit. This is fantastic news for DJ. Twenty um, percent of the passing plays in Kingsbury's offense goes to the running backs. He runs a sixty forty split pass rush. Right. So that means that David Johnson's basically getting the just about forty five percent of the snaps going in his direction, whether it's a pass or a run. Uh, when the snaps are there for DJ, it translates into huge fantasy numbers, big time. We've seen it before. He can produce as as long as he stays healthy. He's one of the best. Run- he was the drafted as the third best running back. Yeah, he was last year. I think this year you're getting him in the second round, and he will be the third best running back Ooh. in fantasy. Hot take. It is a hot take. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, <laughs> but I think like he's he's going to be second round value. Yeah, I think he's top. He he'll be he'll finish the year as a top like seven. Yeah, running back. I think big time. Top three. I think is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, but, but no, I do I do I do, <laughs> I do like David Johnson. Yeah, I like the whole offense honestly. Yeah, except for the tight ends, like you said, uh, Charles let's, Clay. Let's move through the last three very quickly. Uh, Matt Lafleur. Green Bay Packers, previous head coach Mike McCarthy, offensive head coach. Uh, he's an offensive-minded head coach. Previous mm-hmm. job was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Which uh, He also coached Matt Ryan as the QB coach when he was MVP. Uh, mm. So I like this. This head coach signing is a great one for the Packers. Matt LaFleur spent Ooh. a lot of time as an assistant with Gary Kubiak 
Kylan, Mike Shanahan, and Sean McVay. He runs a West Coast-style offense that also mimics what Aaron Rodgers loves to do. His offense relies on moving in the pocket and utilizing play action, two things Rodgers also loves to do. A lot of people roasted this hiring, including us. Um, Toasty. Because the Titans' offense was ranked, what, like 25th? Yes. And you hired their offense coordinator for the Green Bay, pa- Green Bay Packers. <sighs> yeah. But, I mean, it, 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 they do fit the scheme. Yeah. He was a quarterback coach for Matt Ryan the year he won MVP. Yep. He I mean, he's going to have Aaron Rodgers move around. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to love Matt LaFleur. Matt, La- Matt we, LaFleur. We, we need a nickname for Matt LaFleur. <sighs> if they start losing Matt. Matt. No, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save it, I guess, for the <laughs> season. Uh, you know who I do uh, like, though? Who? Aaron Jones. I don't. I disagree with that. Why? Uh, I don't like Aaron Jones. And uh, the reason why is because... Uh, it took him all season last year to figure out how to use Derrick Henry with Tennessee. Um, and I, it, it basically right now what they're saying is that it's going to be a running back battle between – this is what the, I think the team has said, a running back battle between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Okay. If that happens, it's expected that Joneses will win out the battle. But if he has to go through another running back battle – See, that's... Aaron Jones is a guy to me to avoid. If they're not buying in on Jones again – you're telling me you got that a coach that's not buying in on However, Jones again. However, when he did figure out Derrick Henry, he figured him out. He became a top, like, he was getting 40 fantasy points, 30 fantasy yeah. points. He was going off. If he can figure it out, Aaron Jones, which, I mean, as you said, it's going to be a competition battle. I didn't yeah. know that, so that is a big question mark. Mm-hmm. But if Aaron Jones wins the battle. And he figures it out. And he figures it out. Yeah. And what, like, he's going to be legit. Yeah. That whole Packer offense could be legit. The thing with LaFleur. And and I think it's impressive what he did last year with Tennessee, just because of the pure fact that uh, Tennessee had so many problems offensively. I mean, Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback yeah, yeah. half the season, and so he had to kind of adjust. And a lot of people were like, "Oh, you didn't throw the ball all last year. What happened?" Well, he was trying to adjust and figure out his team. <laughs> he was so, trying to throw the ball yeah. with Blaine Gabbert. What do yeah. you expect? So uh, I, I I don't disagree with you there on the. Fr- I mean, I do disagree with you there on the front of uh, Aaron Jones. I, it's gonna. It might take him all season to figure out Jones. And then, you know, by the time that happens, it'll be the end of the season. So I feel bad for Aaron Jones. He really should get not a job in in, in, in Green Bay and <laughs> yeah. be used somewhere else. But it makes me nervous with Lat- Matt LaFleur. He loves to throw the football, and he doesn't focus on the run. And when it comes time to focus on the run, it's going to take him a lot of time to figure out how to mix this guy in. And the fact that it's Aaron Jones versus Jamal Williams at this point, who both have similar skill sets, it's just Aaron Jones is faster. It's it's it scares me a little bit as a person who was looking into drafting Aaron Jones to look at him now and go, is he worth a fifth round pick, a sixth round mm. pick? No, and people are going to draft him there and get and get absolutely hammered. We'll see. Um, the other guy I want to mention, Devonte Adams, and Marcus Valdez Scantling a little bit, and the tight end position just a smidge. Uh, but uh, Adams is gonna he's gonna he's literally going to take a big step this year. I think he's going to be go from being maybe a top five wide receiver. He was very high in PPR points this year just because yeah. Rodgers throws it to him a crap ton. But I think this year he could finish as the number I, – I wasn't buying in, but now I am – as the Ooh. as the number one or number two wide Ooh. receiver in fantasy. Uh, maybe even in half PPR. If you get it right and Matt LaFleur throws it as much as Aaron Rodgers wants him to, and those guys are working together. That is it true. Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers button heads. If these two guys meld and work together – it's going to be really good. Uh, Scantling, another really interesting guy. We don't know much about the the wide receiving core for the Green Bay Packers at this point. The only thing I know is because there's guys like Randall Cobb and all that. So, I, I mean, I don't want to rush into the situation. But I do like Valdez Scantling. Um, if if eh. some guys leave, I think he's going to be a good guy to, to look into. But not a not a guy that you want to start I kind of – to me, I, it's just Devontae Adams. Yeah, Green Bay, at really. this point. Uh, so one thing I found interesting is that Matt LaFleur likes to throw 23%. This is the highest of all the coaches that have been hired. 23% of his passes uh, when he played, and this is a tendency, uh, in Tennessee were to tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham is rumored to be cut in training camp. Okay. So 
I was thinking the same thing with Jimmy Graham until I read that, and so now I don't know who. Maybe Jimmy Graham sticks around and becomes the guy, but right now, what it sounds like is they're going to go after a tight end, maybe in the draft or somewhere else. But if that happens, maybe take a look at whoever they get, because if twenty three percent of the passes were going to a tight end last year in Tennessee, that's a tendency that will translate to the Green Bay Packers. And if Aaron Rodgers is seeing that and it's translating and the play schemes that he's coming up with, the Fleur's coming up with, are, are going to tight ends, then Rodgers is going to throw to his tight end. Simple. It's true. So uh, I really do like that. I don't know who their tight end's going to be at this point. Like Once again, no tight ends. <laughs> Let's move on to Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati Bengals, finally! The Lord sends a message from above <laughs> to the owner of the freaking Cincinnati Bengals and says Mr. Marvin A&A. Lewis should not be the head coach of this football team. Uh, his previous job, Zach Taylor, was quarterback coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, he's extremely inexperienced as a play caller. He this is. is like one of his first Which seasons, is. full seasons play calling. Um, he does have a history with play calling, but it's very short. Yeah, uh, Being a quarterback coach and having a history playing QB in the NFL, Taylor will look to throw the ball a lot. So uh, you should see the likes of Andy Dalton get very much involved in the offense. It makes me nervous because there is rumors of rotting around that he's going to get traded to. Everyone's getting traded. <laughs> Derek Carr and <laughs> Dalton. See you later. So I actually, um, with Zach Taylor, as a Bengals fan, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd actually be—I yeah. actually would be thrilled because they're getting rid of Marvin Lewis and anything other than Marvin Lewis is fine with me. Yeah. Um, but Zach Taylor, I don't know if he's going to have success as a coach. It's going to be uh, interesting to see with him. Yeah. However, he was the quarterbacks coach with the Rams the year Jared Goff turned it around. Yep. Or as he was in the process mm-hmm. of turning it around. Yep. I think that is one of the key reasons why they hired him. Mm-hmm. And you know, they've Andy Dalton's been the most average quarterback in the league. Since he's been in the league, yeah. he's never taken an next step. Done. If Zach Taylor can do what he did with Jared Goff yeah. with Andy Dalton, he could be a people, legit fantasy option. People hate on Dalton. I don't see the hate. I I, I blame everything about that team on, on Marvin Lewis, on Marvin Lewis, which I can get. But it, it's more Andy Dalton in the playoffs. I think he absolutely chokes yeah. on himself. But uh, we're talking about fantasy, though. This is yeah. If, <laughs> fan, well, that's what I'm saying. Fantasy wise, people. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think you should get. Andy Dalton at all? Like, I don't even put. Don't well, even consider getting. I would consider not like, not as a starter, but like I would. I would definitely take a look into Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um. I'm not drafting. He could, Andy I, Dalton. I think he could be a big waiver wire guy though. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that's what I was gonna say. Is that he? I would not draft him. In, if, in, if you stream quarterbacks too, like yeah, check out. He's, he's gonna be a guy that yeah. you can play a few weeks. Uh, when he did play call Zach Taylor, he did a 55-45 split pass rush. Um, this is great news. For Joey Mixon, um, like I said, Dalton won't emerge as a late round QB sleeper, but uh, I'll be running to grab Joe Mixon because I, I think love that's you, one Joey. of the reasons that helps Andy Dalton though. Because yeah. a lot of times, um, throwing the ball like in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers situation, throwing yeah. the ball more will help. Right. Um, I think with the Bengals though, and with Andy Dalton. You know, what helped with Jared Goff is the pressure was all on Todd Gurley. Yeah. The running game kind of took over. That might help with Andy Dalton. If Joe Mixon can be cut and they rely on Joe Mixon, yeah. run the ball 55% of the time like you're saying, mm-hmm. that might open things up for Andy Dalton. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, is Joe Mixon is just, I don't know. He, he, to me, he's an incredible talent. And I love they, Joe Mixon, They will too, definitely yeah. use him in the passing. It's a similar situation as to what you're going to see from Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and David Johnson. You'll see that with Joe Mixon and Zach Taylor. Um, they run a, he's going to run a similar offense to what you saw in L.A. That's, it's going to be that. Like You can't run away from it. Um, another guy that's going to be an absolute steal, if you want to call it a steal, is A.J. Green. Mm. He is projected right now ADP as a third, maybe even a fourth rounder. A late third round pick. Yeah, and he's a guy that last year was drafted as a top six wide receiver. Yeah. And AJ Green was having the season of his life before he got his foot injury and had to, you know, basically miss the rest of the season. Um, so to me, this is great, great news for AJ Green because the type of style, the style of offense that they use is going to utilize A.J. Green significantly. Um, I, 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 I think it's a brilliant signing um, at head coach. But you're also seeing another guy, Tyler Boyd, keep an eye on him, slot receiver. He might be good. 
Maybe Tyler not. Tyler Boyd. Uh, just, just take a flyer. I, I like Tyler Boyd, personally. And he plays better with A.J. Green, yeah. at least last year. Oh, yeah, 100%. So. Um, Zach Taylor is expected to utilize him heavily in the slot, and if he sees more targets, uh, we could see a late-round steal from Boyd. Uh, don't reach for him. Uh, you know, it's not worth reaching for People are going to reach for this guy. I, I know it for a fact. Tyler Boyd is true. For. Um, I wouldn't reach for him, but if he falls to you in a good ADP spot, this is this is another thing I want to note um, about the tight end position with this guy. Keep an eye on this. This this is a extremely important note for people who are going to run out there and grab Zach Taylor, um, a, a tight end named Tyler Eifert under Zach Taylor. Do not do it. I'm telling you right now. Do not go out. Get Tyler Eifert. A, he's injury prone. That's we already know that. B, Zach Taylor and the Los Angeles Rams offense. They only are known to throw to the tight end position eight percent of the time. And if that's what it looks like, Tyler Eifert is not a good fantasy option. Now it's rumored that he may not even be returning to the Cincinnati Bengals, but if he does, I'm not looking at Stay him away. as a tight end. Stay away. Buyer beware. Like, don't even go near him. So it seems to be the trend with a lot of these coaches. They yeah. don't like using tight ends. The young coaches don't like using their tight ends. That's what I'm getting. Um, let's move on to our final coach, Mr. Brian Flores, the man who engineered. No, he didn't he engineer. Didn't engineer he didn't no. engineer. It was, it was Bill he was a part. He was a part of engineering. <laughs> One of the greatest defensive performances in Super Bowl history. He is now coaching the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Uh, Adam Gase, obviously, previous head coach. Um, he was the defensive assistant in New England. He wasn't a defensive coordinator. Um, he did some play calling. I believe he had play calling in the uh, uh, play calling. Uh, what is it called? Play calling uh, ability or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Last year uh, for the Patriots uh, defensively. Uh, their offensive coordinator is Chad O'Shea. Uh, once again, we see a talented, defensive-minded head coach being signed from the New England Patriots. Um, probably will flop. Sorry. Probably. Coming off a big Super Bowl victory, one of the best performances in Super Bowl history, uh, defensive performances in Super Bowl history. This is a great signing for the Miami Dolphins. I really – I do like it. It's a lot of inexperience, but it's a good signing. It is a lot. Even Chad O'Shea, too. Yeah. Chad O'Shea, very inexperienced. This is his first time play calling in the NFL. Um, overall, Brian, Brian Flores won't have much impact on the offensive side of the ball, so let's look to Chad O'Shea. I also want to note that Jim Caldwell is also a assistant head coach, so uh, you'll also see some some influence from him. Um, but O'Shea was the wide receiver coach for the New England Patriots when he and Flores were coaching this past year for the Patriots. Unfortunately for fantasy owners, O'Shea is a first-time play caller, and that brings a lot of absolute uncertainty yeah there's no tendencies to go on there's nothing to go on so the only thing that we can talk about is the fact that it's probably going to be a similar style offense to the new england patriots he spent half of his coaching life with the new england patriots yeah that's as simple as that and he's it's a gonna... similar offense to jo- what josh mcdaniels likes to do too mm-hmm. which not too many fantasy options in miami but there is one named Kenyon drake Kenyon drake now what do the patriots like to do on offense uh depends with running backs they do like at least this past year they do like to run the ball, but yeah. they they run it with three different guys. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd be aware. With, I'd be a little nervous with that with Canyon Drake. Um, he's he's a good running back. I think he's pretty talented. Yeah. But and people are like, oh, Frank Gore is gone. He's finally gonna have his breakout year. <laughs> I would I would hold, hold the brakes just a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I'd be a little nervous with Canyon Drake. I I agree one hundred percent. You got Kalen Balaj as well. Um, it's already said that that uh, Chad, Chad O'Shea said Chad O'Shea, man, having a tough time saying words today. Um, Chad O'Shea did say you're thinking of the trip to California. Yeah, it's true. I'm out. I'm already out of here. Um, but Chad O'Shea did say uh, that he wants to start using um, Drake in a big role in the passing game, and he expects to use them on the ground. I think Balaj is also a similar kind of player to Kenyon Drake, so I, I do see the same thing as you do, where it could be boom or bust, which is what you always got from Kenyon Drake. If I'm a Ken, if I'm looking at Kenyon Drake, unless you can get him late, like late late in the draft, mm-hmm. um, or right, that's I think because then you're taking a flyer on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Then you're you're going okay, this guy, you know, let's leave him on my bench and, and see what happens. We could see great production at running back, but it also could be a bust. There's literally nobody else. 
They're talking about trading, uh, you know, Devontae Parker's probably leaving. They're talking about trading Tannehill. They're talking about getting rid of a lot of guys. That's going to leave uh, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and, and Kenny Stills at wide oh, receiver. Boy. They have no one at tight end. There's no one left on their team at tight end. Um, so this is like outside of Drake, there's no fantasy options for the, for Miami at least yeah. until at least until after the draft and after free agency. We don't know what this team is going to look like over the next couple months. If they decide to roll with Tannehill, I don't like it either. But I there's just nothing on this team that I like. Um, if your if your league does use, uh, you know, the, if your team does give points for returning yards and re, you know returning touchdowns. Uh, Albert Wilson's a good guy to look at. Yeah, he wouldn't be too bad. He had a couple but. of good games, but it's just not. The, the, the there's nothing here. It's just an abyss of players. Like it, it, there's there's nothing. There's a chance one of the receivers I think steps up just because yeah. for the fact that Ryan Tannehill's going to be playing full I'm season. I'm curious hopefully. to see who plays quarterback, and until that's determined, we'll figure that is it correct. Out. Yeah. Um. So that concludes all of our coaches. These are the brand new coaches in the NFL. Um, a lot of them have some good good tendencies. You notice that a lot of teams with a lot of good talent got rid of their head coach, <laughs> yeah. and they signed a new one. Um, I, I expect big things from the Packers. I expect big things from the from the Browns, and I expect big things from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Outside of that, there's a lot of I do expect question marks. Uh, things from the Jets too, depending on how their off season goes. I think the Jets should be it should should is the key word there. A viable option. Um, yeah. Looking over these coaches, uh, looking over these coaching positions and following how they develop will allow you to predict how a player might be used. Um, and tendencies are so key in doing this. Like I was looking at things and like, you have to look at the tendencies of how a head coach coaches. Um, you're going to, you're going to find production of a certain player uh, to increase or decrease based on these tendencies. Like the tendency that if Tyler Eifert is a Cincinnati Bengal, and Zach Taylor is not throwing it to tight ends, then you should know that. You should know that you're – like don't go out and spend an eighth, ninth, tenth round pick on Tyler Eifert because you think you're getting a a, a sleeper tight end in the draft. Um, you're going to end up being sitting there going, oh, I wasted this draft pick on the guy. So it's like the, the only like the only team on this entire list that I saw with any kind of type of tight end is David Njoku, and I don't even think David Njoku is going to be that great next year. So it's like it's so difficult with especially the tight end position, but you got to see what the production is going to be like and what the tendencies are for head coaches. Um, if you see a split back system, run far away, <laughs> very far away. Unless you're getting it late in the round, or unless you're getting late in the round, yeah. Or it's Alvin uh, Kamara. Yeah, or it's Alvin Kamara. Uh, be sure to listen next week as we begin our new series called "All That Glitters." It sounds like a super gay name, yeah, but. Hear us out. Uh, we will discuss every position over the next month and give you the realities, except for kicker and defense, sorry. Uh, I give, you the, <laughs> give you the realities of how a player produced in 2018 uh, and how that is going to go into 2019 and whether they have the same production or not. Um, not all that glitters is gold. Don't listen to the song, but listen to the song. Um, do you have any thoughts Don't listen for us to on the that? song. But listen to the podcast. Listen, yeah, listen to the next podcast. week. Uh, the biggest trend: everybody wants the new Sean McVay. Everybody's going for nice young coaches. Yeah, except for the Buccaneers. We'll see which one ends up uh, being correct. It'll, it'll be the older coaches, unfortunately. It's usually we'll see. the older coaches. I think. I think at least one of those young coaches though is going to be a big hit. It's true. Uh, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Uh, follow us and like us on all of our social platforms. Um, subscribe and leave a review, uh, and we'll see you next week, fantasy champions. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.